Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Sports, variety, and strifes. Update now. Signing news in basketball and football. Cam Newton signs with the New England Patriots for a base salary of $1,050,000. With incentives, though. He will compete with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer for the starting QB job. DeAndre Jordan and Wilson Chandler, both of the Brooklyn Nets, opt out of the NBA restart. Vince Carter of the Atlanta Hawks retires from basketball. The Lakers sign J.R. Smith in order to replace Avery Bradley, who opted out of the NBA restart. The Clippers sign Joakim Noah to a rest-of-season contract. Well, Doc Rivers said that he expects Lou Williams to play for the NBA restart. Williams had said that he was unsure if he would participate because he thought that sports would distract from the social justice protests. As a final note, the NBA has released the eight game schedules for each team in the new end-of-season format that they announced earlier. The Lakers versus the Clippers is one of two games on the first day of basketball. Let's go! Sports Variety and Strife with James Liebling. Up next. Wednesday edition of Sports Variety and Strife. Here I am, James Liebling. It's an, uh, we're going to continue with my interview with... Uh, my brother, John, as well as my brother, Peter. This time he will contribute to the conversation, making his uh, first appearance, kind of. But we're going to be talking about baseball. Baseball, Major League Baseball, and its restart. Specifically, in this segment of the interview, we're going to be doing, uh, talking about the universal DH rule that they're going to implement. Right now, it's only temporary for this season. And then we talk about the pace of play uh, and their rules about uh, the runner on second for this uh, for this also what they say is temporary runner on second to start extra innings and then again pace of play in general so that's going to be this segment of the conversation by the way I do want to point out I'm going to request uh, that day or perhaps only John, because this is going to be more about NBA. Uh, Peter has indicated that he is only uh, talking about going to be talking about baseball, so perhaps only John this time. But I will request John to be coming on in the future to talk about the NBA schedules. We'll see if that turns out. Nevertheless, uh, we will be talking about that. Also in the future, uh, we will be talking about Cam Newton signing with the New England Patriots. It is really seeming to revive hope and faith in the uh, Patriots. With Bill Belichick getting Cam Newton, and who now now they ha- really have a uh, people think that they're going to be challenging the Bills and continuing with that AFC East run that they have. Personally, I'm a little skeptical, but today. Uh, we will be getting again. We're going to continue that interview. We'll get to that stuff later on in the sh- in future episodes. Right now, 
not a whole lot of sports going on. We don't have to get to it right now, and we do want to finish that interview that we started on Saturday. Now, uh, let's get to something important first. Quiz time. Quiz time. Quiz time. Quiz time. Okay. We had the news was filled about Cam Newton. So we just had to do a quiz question about Cam Newton, first of all. Uh, we'll get we'll get to the other the answer to the quiz question a little bit after this. This should take pretty uh quick. So I decided to look back at his stats. By the way by the way, as I said it was a fifty million or excuse me, at one million fifty thousand dollar base contract for Cam Newton. Uh his most recent contract before that was with the Carolina Panthers, obviously. From 2015 to 2020, that was a five-year, $103,800,000 contract. So that was quite a bit more lucrative than this current one. Obviously, this is just a tight over until he's hoping to have a good season next year. Hit that free agent market again. All right, so here's an interesting uh, question. At least well, I think it's interesting. He, Cam Newton's been in the league uh, since... 2011, so that's nine seasons. Now, I will admit, uh, last year, he only played uh, two games. So, not all that uh, long for the 2019 season. But, including the 2019, so he's been in the league for, again, nine years. He's had seven playoff games, 15 comebacks, 17 game-winning drives. I don't know if it's all that great. Never, but this is kind of interesting is what I think it's at least it's interesting. How many out of those nine seasons, how many of those seasons have been winning seasons? Uh, the answer actually kind of surprised me. But let's see if you get it. I'll give you a crack at it. Uh, guess how many winning seasons he's had. In nine seasons. Uh, and tech talk sports with James at gmail.com if you want to take a crack at it. The first person to, uh, to to answer correctly, email the answer correctly, that is, gets a free tie. So, talk sports with James at gmail.com. Okay, last quiz question was about. The Major League Baseball season last year, the 2019 season, and we were asking you which were there more of, 90-win teams last year or 100-win teams last year. And quite frankly, I was surprised. Uh, well, I would have thought it more 90-win teams. And I was right, they were. But only it was only 5-4. to four. Five 90-win teams last year. And four 100-win teams last year which I guess I haven't, I will admit I haven't researched, looked at other seasons to see if that's high number, but it certainly seems to me that that's a pretty high number. I mean, maybe, I, th- I, th- I think it was like the, how the NBA season turned out to be this year. Lots of pretty good teams, very good teams with high numbers of wins and lots of really, really, really bad teams. I mean, we had Detroit winning, losing 114, winning 47. Baltimore winning 54, 
losing 108. Miami was 57 and 105. Seattle was 68 and 94. I mean, 94. Pittsburgh 69 and 93. These were. Oh, and I forgot about the Royals, of course. 59 and 103. I mean, these were bad teams last year. Lots of 70 win teams as well. Uh, and so. But four 100 win teams, that's pretty good. Four 100 win teams. Now, the uh, 90 win teams, we had uh, St. Louis. 91 and 71. Cleveland and Washington, of course, here. Washington being the World Series champions. They were both 93 and 69. Washington was horrible through like the first 50 games, but they turned it on after, there afterwards. And then Tampa Bay was cool, 96 and 66. And Oakland was 97 and 65. Now the 100 win teams. Uh, Minnesota was definitely a surprise. They were 160, 101 wins, 61 losses. That is impressive. That is very impressive. And obviously first place in the AL Central, uh, Rocco Baldelli, their manager. Not a particularly well-known uh, manager. And they had... The unfortunate postseason experience of meeting up in the LDS with the New York Yankees, who actually won more games than they did, 103 and 59, and was the Yankees' record two games better, and they sweep the Minnesota Twins, 100 and over 100 wins, and you lose, you get swept in the first round of the playoffs. That must hurt. That must suck. And then we have the Dodgers. Obviously, they... It was a uh, sad, sad postseason for them. Lose, winning 106 games. First place. Best record in the National League. And you lose. You lose to the Washington Nationals. The 93-win Washington Nationals, 13 games worse than you. Wow. 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 So, 106 wins, and you're out in the first round. And then, of course, Houston Astros can't feel that. I mean, first place in the AL, 107-55. Can't feel that sorry for Jeff Liu now. AJ Hints and the rest of them, huh? After their most interesting cheating scandals coming out and them expressing pretty much no remorse, other than if they were sorry for being caught. Anyway, they lose, obviously, in the World Series. 4-3 to the Washington Nationals after beating the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees and the ALDS and ALCS, respectively. So your four 100-win teams were the Astros, Yankees, Twins, and Dodgers. Three, of, I guess three of those 100-win teams were in the AL. And then we had Tampa, Washington, Cleveland, Oakland, and St. Louis as your 90-win teams. Now, let us get on to the interview, 
shall we? I think we've spent long enough on the quiz. Let's get to uh, let's get to John and Peter again. We're going to be discussing baseball, their new rules, specifically the DH and the man on second base to start extra innings, and then we'll kind of go into their problem, at least their perceived problem of two long games. And are, what are they doing about that problem? Okay, enjoy. They said that they're going to do the universal designated hitter to avoid overtaxing pitchers by having them hit. Uh, how is... Do you see how hitting would overtax pitchers? Um, no, I guess they're probably just trying to... Like, they're worried, like, if they run... like start running around the bases and get injured, I guess. I'm not really sure, because they're probably a lot of the pitchers aren't going to... And, it, like, I would imagine they're going to be some pretty short outings this year, so there probably won't be much... There probably wouldn't have been much hitting by the pitcher anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just... Um, um, yeah, I think it's more of just... My feeling is it's more just a way to get the DH in. Okay. That's okay. what it seems to me. Yeah, that... That, that's to me at least that seemed to be rather strange like i mean they barely get on base they barely get on base anyway i mean so i don't know why standing in the box and <clears throat> swinging the bat three times or whatever is going to like the pitchers uh the pitchers i guess they're the, the major league pitchers are very uh uh thin and sickly or something <laughs> uh do, what do you think peter I mean, when you're playing barely more than a third of your normal season, um, the pitchers, I mean, theoretically at least, shouldn't be uh, should be less injury prone just because they're playing a lot less. So, making them not using instituting the DH as an excuse for giving them more rest doesn't really make much sense. Um, and I mean, given that. Uh, MLB has wanted to, or has seemed like it wanted to institute a universal DH for a while. Uh, yeah, it just seems like an excuse to make that happen, basically. Okay. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking. That seemed to be a, rather a lame excuse to me. Um, and I, even though technically they're saying it's only for this year, I would be kind of sh- shocked if it ever goes back, to be honest. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, why, uh, why do you, th- why do you think they want to institute this designated hitter? I mean, I think probably just more offense and offense sells. Yeah, and I guess yeah. players association wants it because it, it provides more jobs for like old players who can't field anymore. Oh, okay. Yes. Wants it. The, base, the baseball owners probably want it because it will provide more offense and Often, you know, people don't come to watch for the. I mean, not one hundred percent, but for the most part, people aren't coming to watch one nothing pitchers' duels. They want to see home runs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, but that seems to be rather paradoxical because isn't everybody also complaining about how many home runs there are in baseball now? So, uh, so if like obviously that's just putting the putting the DH in there is just going to increase the 
rapid yeah, I mean, increase of home everybody's runs. Everybody's complaining about the number of home runs. I mean, I think there are some people who are, but also those people might not be the people who want the universal DH either. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, now, runners on second to begin next trainings. Is this something that's legitimate, or is this a way to creep creep another change in there? I personally think this might be a one-year-only thing. But I have to say, in my personal opinion, I would almost rather that they – like, I understand why they don't want, like, 18-inning games because they're trying to cram a bunch of games into a small period of time. So I understand it. But in my personal opinion, I almost would rather have ties than see this runner in second. It's just, like, so, like – so outside of like what normally happens, mm-hmm. like I can and I can definitely understand not wanting to like overtax pitchers and stuff with like eighteen inning games and stuff when you're trying to cram a bunch of games. But yeah, it's weird. Yeah, like I don't, I I didn't see anything about them doing like double headers, right? Or have, scheduling double headers. I don't know if they are or not. Um, I mean, I, I didn't see I didn't see anything. I. They were they were going to have uh, they were going to start the season with over thirty you know like like they're going to start the season with thirty players on the roster and go down uh, you know and gradually trim the roster down to like I think it was like twenty six or something. Yeah, but I mean, even if they're not having double headers, they're going to be playing essentially every day, and during the regular season, you usually get like a day off about once a week on average. Yeah, but yeah. They're basically have zero days off. Yeah, but you um you're going to you're going to have uh more more pitches available. Um and let's and let's face it, like how how often do these like 18 inning games happen anyway? Um I mean they happen. I'm just saying I can understand wanting to not like overtax your pitchers, but I think there's better ways to fix that problem than yeah. Starting to run around second in extra innings. Yeah. Okay, what do you think, Peter? Yeah, I mean I understand it, but I think at a certain point it's just you have you eighteen inning eighteen inning games, I mean if they happen, they happen. Um like I mean it, in a, in a pinch, you could have position players pitch if you really wanted to rest your pitches. It just seems like something that uh, basically you want you wanted to leave you want to leave it up to individual teams and whatever they think their best strategy would be, rather than oh, let's just put people on base automatically to get the games over quicker. Um, yeah. yeah, along those lines, I had a thought: like, what if in extra innings you just mandated that position players must pitch? Because that way you're saving your pitching staff, and also most likely you're going to be scoring a lot of runs off those position players. <laughs> like if you if you mandate that position players pitch in extra innings, somebody's probably scoring runs pretty fast. Unless yeah. you have Russell Martin going. I mean, not every position player is going to give up runs, yeah, but yeah, probably someone's going to be giving up runs pretty fast. Yeah, like yeah, you could probably end some games pretty fast if you mandated position players pitching. Yeah. I mean, it says over the past five years, 8.26% of all regular season games have gone to extra innings. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, a lot. 
yeah, but the question is, is what are they like? Are they like 10, 11 inning games? Or like, what's, like, yeah. what's the percentage? I think of? it's about 50% of them end after 10 and like 70% after 12 or something. I mean, that's, so. I mean, 8% is like six games or, yeah, like five or six games of a 60 game season. So you yeah. can have like maybe one game be, go beyond 12 innings on yeah. per team on average. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, they ha- they said that there would be no restrictions on position players pitching in 2020 uh, because of, because of that. So I don't know. I don't know why they just didn't. It would have been quite a bit to me. It would have been easier to, or it would change the game less to mandate position player pitching. Yeah, just to actually mandate, not just say you can have a can have position players pitching. Um, I feel like almost. Yeah, I feel like almost that um, it's like it'll go, like unlike the DH where I think it's likely that it'll stay forever. Players going this or studying the player on second and extra innings may not come back like next year, but it's foreseeable in the near future. Maybe, but I I think there's a lot of like I think they they might have to tweak because like if you have a player on second. Like, there's one of two things is probably either going to happen. There's going to be an intentional walk to start the inning, which is <laughs> Set up the double play. Yeah. Set up the double play. Or the first guy's going to bunt to get the dude over to third with one out. In which case, all you need is a sack fly, you mean? Yeah, because then all you need is a sack fly. So, like, do you, like, in extra innings, like, is every extra inning, like, do you really want to see every extra inning game just being either an intentional walk or a bunt to start the inning? Like, that's going to be so boring. What'll be great is everybody's going to have a bunt and then intentional or and then a sacrifice fly and then every so then each each team is gonna score one run per inning and it'll just go on forever and ever. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like there's like at least a runner on second is just like I don't know, it just seems like there's a very like set way things are gonna happen. I mean it's definitely yes. kind of yeah, I think it's kind of cheesy, but it'll also speed up the game, which is a big priority for them, for MLB, I think. Yeah. Why do you think... They've been doing this in the minors for several years now. Right. But I wonder if they're also... I wonder if they are going to... Um, like, I wonder if the players are going to hate it so much that they'll just never allow it again. Because I can see the players really hating it. Yeah. Um... Why? Although it could it could happen that because they've like the, the current generation of minor league players coming up will be already accustomed to it in the minor leagues. Maybe, although I want, I mean, it makes more sense though to stop games and to try to shorten games in the minor leagues. They just don't mean as much. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you do you agree with this? Uh, huge pri- seemingly huge priority of MLB to like their obsession with shortening games at all costs I mean the games do go on too long but I think they're looking at the wrong things like the things they're trying to fix are things that aren't actually going to shorten the game like if they want to shorten the game they should like stop people from stepping out of the box after every pitch they should and actually enforce that rule yeah and actually enforce the rule <laughs> They should, like, cut down the commercials by, like, 30... Of course, that's never going to happen because that's money lost. But, like, 
you looked at just think if you cut the commercial by 30 seconds every at like half inning that's like 30 seconds that's like you know 18 ad breaks you're some you know in the vicinity of like eight, you just saved nine minutes that's a ton yeah no you have to, to save i mean nine minutes you know they're they're talking about things they're gonna save like two minutes you know if you, you can save nine minutes by just cutting 30 seconds off every commercial break of course it's never going to happen because that's money but yeah you know there's things you can do they're just like going after all the wrong things um, to a certain extent, yeah. To a certain extent, like I'm not sure how much it matters. I mean, nine minutes in a three-hour game is not that much. And I mean, it's a baseball game. It's like you can leave for an inning, and you're probably not going to miss any. I mean, assuming you're on, you're watching on TV. Like, I mean, the games have like just started. Like over the last couple of years, they've just started. To, I think they're well beyond three hours now. You know, they just keep creeping like, up. And up. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if you curb it, if you curb the time. Yeah. Like yeah. you were saying, they just need, I, I mean, the thing that would really fix is if they just enforced, like, you don't need a pitch clock per se, just, and just tell people, like, actually, like, throw, you know, don't step out after every single thing and adjust your batting gloves. Like, just stay in there and throw the pitch. If they outlawed spinning, that would be uh, that might speed up the games. Oh, they already did that for this year, so. Oh yeah, right, they did. Um, so, okay, how about do? You, is that why? Do you think? Do you think that's the reason why uh, the uh, baseball is is uh, declining in attendance because of the longevity of the games, or do you think they're do you think they're looking at the wrong thing to try to bring back popularity to baseball? Um, I don't know. I think it's probably partially that. Just it's also just a long season, um, and you know people just don't have that long of an attention span. It's just a really long season, and there's a lot of games. And games themselves aren't as interesting as like basketball, yeah, uh, or football. Like, like basketball's gotten a lot more popular in the last few years. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, well, I mean, not like the last five years, but like in the last 30. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so do you, so you, I mean, do you think they can do anything? Like, will shortening games actually do something to the popularity, or you think um, it's just going to go downhill from there? Probably not, because they're probably shortening it like two minutes or something. I don't know. No, but how about if they actually did something real to actually shorten it? Like if you like, could get like two and a, a regular game to like two and a half hours, that it might help. I don't know. Like when you have like one nothing games that are going like three hours, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Peter? Yeah, I mean, if there was something uh, that actually like make a can make a significant difference, it might help, but. Um, like these, you know, five-minute improvements. I, I don't know. Maybe if there's a bunch of five-minute improvements that they find, but I haven't seen a bunch of five-minute improvements. I've seen like one. I haven't seen a bunch of five-minute improvements. I've seen one. <laughs> that is, I think, a, probably a problem for Major League Baseball. People 
see them as saying that they have a problem with time, but they're really not acting in good faith and really cutting out the stuff that actually will get them to have lesser amount of game time. So, that's it. that's going to be this the end of this segment uh, of the interview. Again, we'll come out back with you on Saturday. Also, after after this interview uh, runs its course, we'll be getting back to you. Uh, hopefully, we'll get John back on. Uh, I'll be contacting him shortly, and hopefully we can talk about the NBA and possibly Cam Newton. But, again, that's all up in the air. For now, enjoy this interview. Before I get out of here, I do want to thank the Blessed Trinity and the Holy Family, my patron saints, Francis Savior, James the Great, and James the Greater, and also my guardian angel. Finally, uh, my grandmother, my uncle, my family, Brian Seaman, Adam Osland, Noah Eagle, and Michael Madden. Of course, all opinion on this show is only that of my guests and myself. So, do not be ascribed to any of the people that, persons, excuse me, persons that I thanked. Okay, Saturday, more baseball with John and Peter, to my two brothers. Thanks for listening. Again, talk sports with James at gmail.com. Bonsuelo. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sports Variety and Strife. If you want to comment, please do so. Talk sports with James at gmail.com. See you next time.